1: Welcome to America's Heroes Group, this time with our roundtable and our partner, the Heinz VA Women's Healthcare. Today is Saturday, June 17th, 2023. Tomorrow, June 18th, is Father's Day. Fathers out there, happy Father's Day to you. June is LGBTQ Pride and PSD Awareness Month, PTSD Awareness Month. Our host is Cliff Kelly, you heard him at the top of the hour. I'm Sean Cliff, I'm the co host, Army National Guard Veteran. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega, scouts on our production. Of course, Shakaia is filling in today as our studio engineer. And our panelists, Dr. Lisette Rodriguez-Cabeza, can be with us today, but we do have Dr. Kate Colangelo. She is a licensed clinical psychologist, currently women's woman's mental health coordinator at the Heinz VA. How are you doing today?
0: Hi, good afternoon. Thanks so much for having me.
1: So you have been a licensed clinical psychologist working here in Illinois at the Heinz VA since 2014. You currently serve as a woman's mental health coordinator at Heinz. But you focus on the development of gender-specific reproductive-focused treatment options for women veterans. What does that exactly mean?
0: Yeah, that's a a great question. So we know that there's certainly a, a really important link between our reproductive health and our mental health. Um particularly as women during those stages across our life cycle, there's a lot of connection between hormonal imbalances and changes that happen. And so this is an area within our VA healthcare system that often does not get a lot of attention um, because our women make up a smaller percentage of our healthcare patients. Um however it's an important link because we recognize that women can often go through things that are specifically due and related to um, our health as an as identified women in the reproductive system that we have. Um, so because we know that there's a significant connection and a link between our health and our mental health, this was an area that was really important to myself and the team that we have, which is wonderful here at Heinz, to make sure that we have a really specialized and focused treatment for women veterans that is unique and above and beyond other reasons why veterans may seek mental health services in the VA.
1: So what ways can you describe to us how the mental and the, and, the, and the reproductive health are linked? What are some of the ways it manifests itself?
0: Yeah, so I'll tell you a little bit about kind of maybe some of the conditions that we specialize in treating, and we'll kind of talk a little bit about where that link can happen. Um, so we know, first and foremost, it might be really common for people to think that reproductive health is just related to this perinatal period, um, which is during pregnancy and postpartum. Uh, I just was working with a colleague the other day who was actually talking about a women's wellness workshop that she created. And some of the middle-aged veterans that she was working with said they weren't really interested in the session on reproductive health because they said something along the lines of, oh, I'm past the point of being pregnant. It's not relevant for me. However, it's really important to think that reproductive health across the full lifespan, um, which is a pretty extensive time period. So for women, it's between the interval between menarche, which is the average onset of menstruation, which typically happens for girls around age 12, but can happen. anywhere between ages 10 to 14 all the way up through menopause which on average happens around age 51 but can also start anywhere in the 40s or 50s for women Um, i think it's also important as we're kind of talking about this just to be really uh, mindful of inclusivity and the the terms and the words that we are using Um, so we may refer often to women veterans as we're discussing our services today however we know gender is often not binary it's not just male or female Um, And the expression of someone's gender identity is much more inclusive, um, including transgender, gender neutral, non-binary, pan-gender, agender, genderqueer, two-spirit, third gender, and other identities. So it's really important to be clear that we are referring to persons who have female reproductive health systems, um, which is not only limited to those that identify as female specifically.
1: So has that led to no. any challenges uh, when you when you're in the medical field? Because a lot of people have been debating about this because of the fact that you know we when we have people outside the LGBTQ community um, who are just traditionally thinking about male versus female as simply a um, a binary mm-hmm. uh, definition as your as your as your, as your as your as your organ, not necessarily a, an identity per se. Sure. Um, how does is that cause any challenges when you're trying to treat people?
0: No, so what's important to us is that we identify persons that have those reproductive health systems that are likely to be impacted by the cycles that they might be going through. So things like menopause, Um, So someone who is going through kind of the last of their monarch and is having kind of a a stoppage of those systems, we know that the hormones in place at those times are likely to have a uh, a big impact. So regardless of necessarily gender identity at those times, it can often be most important to recognize the physiological structures within one's body that might be giving difficulties related to that. So, for example, if someone might identify as a trans male, however, they still have female health, health reproductive systems, we want to make sure that because of those home imbalances and changes that are happening at that time, we're addressing that specifically. So, really, we want to take kind of that intersection of where someone's gender identity um, and have certainly a respect and a place for that, as well as biologically what their body is going through and the type of support that we can provide within the VA system.
1: Okay. So tell us also, too, um, how unique is women's reproductive health uh, in, in your program? How unique is your program to treating women's reproductive health in the VA system? Do all VAs have this? And how does it compare to what you might see in a civilian world?
0: Yeah, so not all of these have this, although I am fortunate to be part of a wonderful network of women's mental health champions that are across the VA. So there's a women's mental health champion at every single VA system. Um, the national program has worked really hard over the last couple of years to set up champions there who really are there to pilot new programs and services. And reproductive women's mental health specifically has been on their radar for a little while. Um, we actually have a medical director, a women's reproductive medical director within our national program who was uh, previously a psychiatrist here with us at Hines, who, who I know very well, Dr. Laura Miller. Um, so we know that she is kind of leading that field and making this a big part of the VA services. Um, so I believe it's something that's in development for many different places. However, how you provide those level of services might look very different. Uh, there's a saying out there that if you've been to one VA, uh, you've been to one VA because what they offer and how they offer it certainly differs. Um, But I can tell you a little bit about kind of what that looks like within our clinic. So we refer to our clinic as providing specialty services for a very important reason. One, we want to make sure that we're recognizing kind of this unique gender specific experience that women veterans may present to um, that might highlight the need for specialized treatment compared to those that identify as male patients. And it's particularly important if we really take a look at the population of women veterans for a second. So, I like statistics. I'm going to throw a little bit of statistics out here. So, women account for roughly about 10% of the veteran population. Um, and the total population of women veterans across the next decade is estimated to increase by average about 18,000 women per year. And the number of women veterans that actually seek VA healthcare services has tripled in the last twenty years. So there's approximately about a half a million women who are enrolled in VA healthcare systems. And they make up about thirty percent of all new patients that are enrolling in the VA. And of those, if we look at kind of the population within women veterans, about two-thirds of them are under the age of 55, and we know that general reproductive ages between the ages of about 18 and 44, that represents about 42% of women. So this is really the fastest growing group of uh, the healthcare services and consumers. Um, And so even though we know that these reproductive milestones are natural biological processes, they can unfortunately really cause difficulty in impacting kind of that physical health and the mental health risks that we talk about. So our team specifically is really comprised of specialty trained psychiatrists, psychologists, peer support specialists. We work with our maternity care coordinator very closely, social workers, and then also trainees who are trained to focus on this intersection between reproductive health and mental health conditions, including depression and anxiety and PTSD. So our goal really is to provide a gender-sensitive assessment and interventions that really help our women veterans achieve their recovery goals and improve their wellness by managing the impact of these reproductive health events, which I haven't told you yet about, but I will. Uh, I will in a minute when we get there to talk about kind of the conditions that we treat.
1: So so for people who have female reproductive sex organs, um, Mm -hmm. do you see a difference between um, do you see a difference in, in our challenges between younger people versus older people? How does that change over their life cycle?
0: Yeah, so I would say, you know, there's a common misconception that we think about reproductive health. People only think about that, that perinatal period, as I was talking about earlier. However, it really is kind of the range across the life cycle. So let me kind of give you some of the common areas that we might focus on, and you'll see kind of how widespread across this life cycle that it can be. So a lot of times we'll work with patients that come in um, anywhere from uh, premenstrual mood changes. So this is where there's an onset of physical, emotional or behavioral symptoms that typically occur in the last week of the little phase, which is about one to two weeks before menstruation. Um, And so that's for anyone who is currently having a period. And we know there's often a premenstrual mood exacerbation. And specifically, we might treat a disorder that's called premenstrual dysphoric disorder or PMDD. Uh, We might work with individuals who are coming in that are trying to have some family planning decisions. And so there might be some distress related to preconception and decisional strains between themselves and their partner. Um, They might also have consultation questions for a psychiatrist with medications or different treatment options. We also work with individuals who are making contraceptive choices. So um, what birth control method do I choose to go on and what's the interaction with the psychiatric medications that they might be taking? Um, We work with women who have experienced infertility distress and the mood changes that are subsequent to that, whether that includes um, reactions to the procedures, the treatments, the invisible loss loss that they might actually be experiencing because of uh, the hopes and the desires for parenthood that might be taken away due to those infertility struggles. Uh, We work with women during the the perinatal period, um, so that's during pregnancy and up to one year postpartum. Um, Our psychiatrists work on medication and treatment options, um, what is safe in order to take during pregnancy and while breastfeeding. Uh, We work with women who've experienced reproductive trauma. So this can be things like pregnancy loss, which includes miscarriage, um, pregnancy terminations, uh, complications during labor and delivery that can be identified as traumatic. Um, We also work with women who experience perimenopause. Um, So there's a lot of mood disruption around that time, uh, which includes some of the vasomotor symptoms, which are hot flashes and night sweats, which are understandably really uncomfortable for women. Uh, And then also the experience of mood changes. So increased irritability, depression, and sadness. Um, So as you can see, we work with a lot of different areas across kind of that full life cycle. So the experience might be different um, in what someone's going through, depending on that life stage. Um, However, we approach care in a very similar way and really trying to understand their reproductive health, what's going on with that event, how that's interfacing with their mental health, whether it's increasing anxiety or depression, sleep-related concerns, uh, disordered eating that can happen during these times, or substance use to cope with the stressors that are going on, um, and, and giving them some good options for treatment and care that we can provide in order to help them work on the recovery related to that. Mm-hmm.
1: So how do, you, how do people get in touch with the women's clinic? How do you reach out and get into the community and make people more aware? And particularly, and I'm glad you talked about the life cycle, because a lot of veterans, are, or our veteran population in general is aging, so the majority of our veterans are our seniors. And so we have a lot of senior women who are maybe going through menopause or maybe have gone through menopause. I'm curious about how that um, their military experience, particularly if they've been deployed, how that affects that psychological aspect, the mental aspect of their of their reproductive health and how they're going through these different life changes in their bodies and so on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we notice within our veteran population that um, many of the, the patients that we see within our clinic are not just going through this reproductive life event and are subsequently having an experience of uh, an increase in mental health concerns like anxiety and depression. Well, with these are comorbid with pre-existing concerns. And actually those pre-existing concerns put them at a higher risk for experiencing some of the mental health impacts. Um, not, particularly... not to interrupt you, but
1: uh, when you say comorbid, oh, yeah, sure. explain that a little bit for people that aren't in the the medical field?
0: Yeah, thank you for catching me on that one. That's an important. Sometimes I I catch myself with that jar. It's good to make sure we're clear on that. So when we think about comorbid, that means that someone is diagnosed with more than one mental health disorder at the same time. So for example, someone who might experience major depressive disorder, which is periods of ups and downs with their moods that last at least for a two-week period and can sometimes last up to months. Um, or even a year or so for individuals and so they might be experiencing those moments of depression and on top of that someone might also have a diagnosis of ptsd where they're having recurring memories or dreams or images of a trauma that they might have experienced whether in childhood or in the military or after the military and that creates a lot of arousal right so being more alert more on guard um, more irritable and so forth and so when we say that Um, What I mean is that a lot of the women that we might be coming in might have anxiety or depression related to that reproductive health event that they're going through. Um, So let's say during pregnancy. Um, However, they might also have the existence of a predated medical condition or a, a psychiatric condition. So someone might have PTSD prior to that they get pregnant it's a very stressful time understandably so and so they're actually at higher risk for development of those con- uh, conditions at that time because of that vulnerability there's actually in a woman's life for her physical health and her mental health there is no more vulnerable period during that perinatal period so during pregnancy and after due to the risk both of, of on our physical health as and also on our mental health and our well-being
1: so in the women's it's clinic really is important
0: to get connected. Yeah, during yeah. The time.
1: Yeah. So, so does the, so the women's clinic to be clear? Uh, do they? So mm-hmm. you have you guys have both gynecologists and psychologists working together?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, if we think about the range of services that we offer, our clinic specifically is an outpatient mental health clinic. So, what that means is that we are kind of housed within our, our main mental health building at Behind the Hines VA. Um, and i can tell a little bit about the types of services that we have specifically related to psychiatry and therapy what you're asking about is what we have within our women's health clinic which is a primary care clinic and in that primary care clinic we have general pcps of course Um, We have gynecology that's available for women veterans. And we have what we call co-located mental health clinicians. Um, So we call them uh, primary care behavioral health. So there's social workers and psychologists that are located right within that women's clinic that can do warm handoffs. If a veteran's coming in distressed related to um, perhaps maybe the exam or the appointment that they have, they might be able to get in touch with that social worker or that psychologist. And then often they might do some short term treatment and then refer more to kind of the, the longer term or the outpatient treatment programs that are available within our mental health service line. Mm-hmm.
1: So once again, so how, do, all- how do people get in front of you? So people, are they referred mostly from the women's clinic over to you guys to kind of get If they and what are some of the things that might um, trigger a referral to you guys?
0: Yep, yeah, that's a great club question. So, uh, yes, uh, part of our team is actually comprised of uh, the providers that are in that primary care clinic. So our mental health providers. Um, so they might often make those referrals. They see someone for a few sessions, recognize. Um, typically, they might keep someone if it's like a mild to moderate case. But someone that might be presenting with more moderate to severe symptoms is a better fit for more of our out-term, outpatient programs, which can be a little bit longer uh, in the length of care that we can provide for them. Um, and so uh, our clinicians that are in our primary care unit might refer them to us. We get a lot of referrals actually just from our mental health intake center. So uh, women veterans who might be just accessing the VA system for the very first time. And um, we have a number of veterans who might recognize, hey, I'm really stressed out, having a difficult time with this pregnancy, and so I need to ask for help. And they might come in just through kind of that frontline uh, treatment approach through the intake center. And then they get referred to us as kind of that specialty clinic where we can uh, work with them. We also have our our psychiatrists work with our general mental health clinic as well. And so if someone experiences a reproductive health event during that time, they might already be seeing them for medication, so they might only refer to therapy. Um, So we've got a range of different services. So our psychiatrists specifically, um, they can assist with one-time consultations or multiple visits to really meet the best needs of our women veterans. So they might have a one-time consultation, for example, um, if the person is currently working with a psychiatrist that's not a reproductive psychiatrist. uh, Maybe they are considering pregnant uh, or kind of considering their options to become pregnant or currently are pregnant they have some questions, some concerns about the medications that they're currently on, uh, whether they go off that medication, um, which is unfortunately very common, which actually increases the risk of major depressive episodes during that time. So we know that many of the medications, especially um, SSRIs, which are a pretty standard uh, depressive medication, are relatively safe. And so we want to make sure that Um, Someone who's knowledgeable about those medication options is having these discussions with our patients so they can come in for kind of that one-time consultation. Um, And our psychologists also treat people kind of more long-term, whether whether it's med management during pregnancy uh, up to postpartum and breastfeeding. Therapy, on the other hand, we can offer individual therapy services and we really base it on an evidence-based recovery focused and time-limited option to improve kind of mental health and reproductive health distress. And we typically take an approach of either cognitive behavioral therapy, which works on identifying the ways that emotions and thoughts and behaviors are all connected to the distress that someone might be experiencing, whether it's anxiety or whether it's depression. Um, And so we make those connections and help them make changes. The other treatment that's most often used is called interpersonal psychotherapy, which is really about this bi-directional link between our mood and our relationship. When we are not feeling good, whether it's because of anxiety or depression, it's very likely to have a negative impact on our relationships. And when we're not satisfied with our relationships, it's also likely to have a negative impact um, on our mood. And so we know a lot of these reproductive health events are often related to um, our partners or family members or the support that we have or that we don't have. So this can often be a really nice therapy to help boost social support and help improve relationships. To better manage the stress that someone might be
1: experienced.
0: we also do some trauma. Doctor, I got to cut you off because
1: you ran out of time. We got about 10 seconds left. (laughs) Got to have you back to kind of go more into it because a lot of questions I want to ask you about, particularly when it pertains to because LGBTQ Pride Month. Mm -hmm. when people go through transition so they still have uh, female reproductive uh, organs how does that Mm -hmm. complicate or what are some of the challenges that are unique to that group of people so thank you for your time Dr. Kate Colangelo is a licensed clinical psychologist here in Illinois at the Edward Hines VA this is America's Heroes Group we'll be right back